Blog Talk Radio. Believe 
it's a humbling, humbling experience to know that there's so many of you all that continue to listen and share the show and send the guests, and the guests keep coming back and they keep bringing guests with them. When I add all of the podcasts that this thing is, is listed on, and yesterday I found five or six different other podcasts that I don't even put it up on, but somebody else does, were heard on iTunes and YouTube and SoundCloud and Stitcher and FM.com and TuneIn Radio and MixCloud and Spreaker, Podcast, Podcast Garden, and now we are listed on iHeartRadio under Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason. That has been in the works for over a year and a half, as long as I started this show. We are on iHeartRadio, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot believe it. It is just another dream has come true. But when you add all that, plus all the other podcasts that, that this thing goes up on, plus I also put it up on Google Plus and, and Tumblr and Read It and Twitter and Facebook, we are heard. We have a listening base of 128,000 listeners. Plus, just let that soak in for a minute. A hundred and twenty-eight thousand plus listeners. Thank you. And those words just seem so minute. Now, on the upside of that, if we can get any higher, there's two ways you can get on this show. You can send me an email at offthechainradio at yahoo dot com and say, "Vine, I want to be on the show." Or if you're shy about being heard. By 128,000 plus listeners, you can put an ad on the show. For 10 bucks for one month, I will run your ad. It can be in an MP3 format. It can be I read it. It can be any way that you want it. And no matter how many shows I have in that month, I will run your ad. And we have a corporate sponsor. Her name is Cece Chamberlain, and she and and my guest will want to get on this show. I know. She has a podcast called Inside Your Life with Cece, and it is a motivational, passionate conversation. She interviews people who are living their true purpose, whether it be a professional boxer, an author, or a history enthusiast. Cece strives to give you hope for a brighter day with her inspirational words. So download, subscribe, and listen as she guides you to pursue your dreams and for to you to live your best life. This wonderful little show is available on podcast.com under Inside Your Life with Cece. You can also hear it on iTunes and Google Play and where other podcasts are available. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go and listen. No, you can't go now. You've got to wait till this show's over with. But pull up her podcast because I'm going to tell you, I've been on that show. And when I got through with that show, I felt that I could conquer the world in five minutes or less. And I also want to welcome two more sponsors to the show, and I will be running their ads through the show, author Nancy Quinn and the Andy Thought Ladies. So I will run their ads in a little bit, but I want to get on with the show because this young lady is absolutely amazing. I met her ten years ago now. She called me, and she had just gotten out of the service. And, you know, I love my, my veterans. They are they are so wonderful, and I thank her for her service. And she had written a book. Author and motivational speaker K.M. Johnson Davis is your visionary leader. She is the CEO and founder of K.M. Johnson, Johnson International, which is a coaching and consulting firm that specializes in teaching entrepreneurs and business leaders how to do life, business, and faith by design. She is an internationally known motivational speaker, consultant, author, minister, and entrepreneur. She has served as an officer in the U.S. Army. She's been the business operations manager for a Fortune 500 company and ran two successful businesses along with her ministry. Previously... KM hosted the live radio talk show, Faith by Design, which was produced by KM, KM Johnson International Ministries, and aired weekly on Christian talk radio station 100.7 FM, The Word. KM is a contributing writer for Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global and the author of Knowing the Struggle is Over. 
and it starts with you. That book just came out last fall. Currently, she travels nationally and internationally conducting seminars, talks, and trainings on faith, leadership, plus success, vision, and purpose. Because inspiring others to build their faith and live in the vision and purpose that God has given them is what KM is most passionate about, she focuses most of her time speaking and consulting. Well, my friend, I am so glad you're here with us again tonight. Hi, can you hear me? Sorry I about can. that. I think she had me on mute, ladies and gentlemen. She just wanted me to wait, you know, the pregnant pause there. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. How have you been? You have been one busy lady. Uh, yes, ma'am. I've been busy, but I've been great. <laughs> I've been great. <laughs> okay. Let's let's catch everybody up. You and I met it's got to be, let's see, this is 2018, 2007 is, I think, when we, 2007, 2008, maybe. It's been so long ago when you called me and said, I just got out of the Army, I've written a book, what do I do with it? It was um, it was 2009, I believe, because 2009 is when I published the book, and I, um, it was right when I was leaving Iraq on my way home when I contacted you. <laughs> and thank you for your service. I'm gonna, ladies and gentlemen, when she called me out of the blue, because I am very available, and and she said, "I've just written this book. What do I do?" And the name of the book is "Knowing When the Struggle Is Over." And I said, "KM, go big or go home." So I sent her. <laughs> All of my marketing tools, I held nothing back. I sent her everything. I said, don't be afraid to step out there. Now, I'm talking to a young lady that had just served in Iraq, and I'm telling her, don't be afraid to step out there. But it was a different kind of struggle for her. <laughs> well, not only did she not go home, but she went so big. Now she's all over the map. Honey, I am so proud of you. Well, thank you. Thank you for all of your help. I was just a facilitator, baby. You, you were the vessel. I just poured all the information in, and then you just spread it everywhere. And look at you now. And Before the show, you and I talked about going big and, and just doing things. And something that you said resonated with me. And... Let's talk about that for a moment, and then we'll talk about knowing when the struggle is over. But one of your catchphrases is, I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't remember it exactly, is (laughs) (laughs) the situation is not you. It's just a situation. Just because you're in a situation doesn't mean you have to be the situation. You're not the situation you're in. (laughs) So let's say that I'm Susan Q and I live in an inner city and I have dreams and aspirations, but everybody around me is saying, you'll never get out. Nobody gets out. You know, you, you can't do mm-hmm. any better than where you are now. And they want to keep their thumb on me because they don't have the desire to get out, but I do. I become the situation if I don't work towards getting out. Would that be a fair statement? That would be a fair statement. Um, also, you know, what I would say is that most of the time when a person is becoming the situation, they're just, they might be trying, but they're allowing what's being said to cause them to, be, you know, to believe it. They begin to believe what people are saying to them. How would one break away from that? You know, I, you know, as I was telling you before with the show, um, I had a situation, you know, a couple of years ago where I found myself in a situation. Um, well, actually, you know, to be completely 100, I moved back home. Whoever wants to move back home, you know, which was in a completely different state. I've been living my life forever. And I only moved home temporarily because my husband and I were trying to transition. 
And in that short period of time that I was home, I began to realize why I left in the first place. (laughs) But, you know, while I was there, I began to experience the mindset of the people that were there. And what I mean by that is, and, and it wasn't necessarily my family or, you know, the friends. My friends had all moved away. But, you know, just the mentality of those in my city which was, we're here, we're in a small city, so we do small things. Well, I've uh-huh. lived in Texas all this time, and I've been doing all these big things, as you put it. <laughs> so my mindset was not on, we do small things. And so I, I came in there with my big ideas, and my big ideas were rejected. And then I realized, okay, well, maybe I need to change the way I think. Well, that was a mistake, you know, because I started trying, I tried to conform to the way that the people around me were thinking so that I could better fit in. But what that did was it changed, it began to change who I was because now I was taking mold and shape and form of that situation as opposed to being true to who I was. And, you know, I know in business we we tell you to come in and, you know, get a lay of the land and then you just kind of adapt a little bit to your, your surroundings, and even in the military, you know, adapt to your surroundings, and that way you'll be taken easily. But a person who's trying to do something that's not the status quo, you can't afford to be a chameleon. You can't afford to, be, you know, take on the skin of your surroundings. You've got to allow who you are to come out and to shine. That being said, KM, would it be fair to say – now? And, and I'm going to preface this by saying that when we're we're young, when we're preteens and teens, and even now six and seven years old, in order to fit in, we try to conform to those we are surrounded with, our peers. And more times than not, we find ourselves totally unhappy and bitter and depressed because that may not be who we are. So. Would it be exactly. fair to say that even as a little one, we should teach our children it's okay to be who you are? I, I agree. Um, you know what? What's funny is is that in the same scenario that I just told you about, I went back home and I started to try to you know to be who I thought they wanted me to be, and it was hard because of course who I am was always going to shine through. Uh-huh. But when I was a child which is, you know, my mother was telling me that when I was younger, I kind of marched to my own beat. I never did what everybody else was doing. I did what I wanted to do. And then everybody else kind of followed. You know, it was never, I, I, and, and when I look back on my childhood, I can see that. I, I, I remember I never really thought about what my friends were doing and, you know, the activities. I did try to participate in some of the things that they did, but, but I still went off and did my own thing, even if my friends weren't doing it too. And, you know, so, yes, I, I don't know that if, for me, if it was encouraged or not, I don't remember that. <laughs> I think that's just my personality, but I think we should encourage it because I think now we're not encouraging that. We want them to be so much like the other children and, you know, their cousins and, you know, their next-door neighbors that we're not allowing them to be who they are and we're not bringing out, you know, their, their gifts and their talents that are unique to them. So would it be a fair statement to say that when we do that to a child, that we not only cheat that child of their full potential of whatever it is that they're that they excel at, whether it's the arts, whether it's business, whether it's it's military, whether it's an entrepreneur, no matter what it is, we cheat that child of a a solid foundation to build on, and we cheat ourselves because we don't know what that child can bring to the table as they get older. I'm going to go a little bit bigger with that, Yvonne. And of I'm course say we you cheat, are. We, you live in Texas. We, we, <laughs> we, we, cheat, we cheat the world because I strongly believe that everybody is connected. And so when a person is not living out their full potential, then someone else is lacking because of that. Amen. I I could not agree with that more. We are all connected. And and as a prime example, I go back to this show. This show started as a dream. I had no idea when I set this show in motion where we would be today, and I could not have done it 
without all of y'all because all of y'all have brought so much to the show. It's not my show. It's y'all's show. And without y'all, it would just be a show. But it is everybody's show. So we are all connected. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and so, yeah, so, so I mean, to answer your question, yes, if, if we don't allow that child, if we don't nurture, you know, the child in, in their gifts and their talents, then, yes, we are shorting them from building that foundation, and then and we're, we're shorting ourselves from that, and then the people around that they would have interacted with or whose lives they may have changed along the way. So that brings me to something else that you say, which I am going to bring up as soon as we welcome our new sponsor, author, Nancy Quinn. She is from Montana, and she writes, Go West, Young Woman. So listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree. It's a hoot. Go West, Young Woman by author Nancy Quinn. No, y'all can't go get it tonight because you have to wait till the show's over because we have some more exciting things. And that brings us back to our guest, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, businesswoman, veteran, you name it, this woman has done it. Talk about being an empowered woman. K.M. Johnson Davis is one of the most empowered women I know, and it is my honor to be able to call her friend, even though we've never met in person. And, K.M., that brings me to something else that you say. You say, mind your purpose. Stay in your lane. Now, tell the that is a very powerful statement. It brings it. <laughs> It brings to mind, don't be going over there meddling in somebody else's business. You mind your own business because you got your hands full taking care of your own business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and mind your purpose is kind of that same thought process. Mind your purpose was the name of my um, event that I just had this last this past weekend, and it it's talking about that how everybody has their own purpose, their own unique purpose, which ties into what we were saying earlier in the show you know, about nurturing the gifts and talents and, you know, and children and individuals because there's something that they're uniquely purposed to do. And if you focus on doing what you have been purposed to do, then the vision that you have for your life will begin to come into fruition. But when we're worried about trying to do what people want us to do or what we see other people doing – and we're not focusing on our own thing, then that's when we find ourselves treading water or, you know, on a stationary bike. <laughs> Going nowhere fast. Exactly. <laughs> so so when you go into a business and you try to explain to these companies how – to be successful in business via the the employees and the employer within that business. Throw us some hints of some of the things that you teach because that can help our listening audience be successful in whatever it is they're doing, whether it's working for somebody or whether it's their own, or even in relationships. Because you think about it, our relationship with each other is kind of like a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and with relationships, we all, I think we all forget that the way that we respond in one relationship is how we respond in all. So the way you respond with your spouse is the same way you respond with your boss. And, and you know, if you, you start to notice those things, then you can see where you can make some changes or, you know, fix some things if you're having some issues in different areas. But, what the biggest thing that I always find with with business owners and entrepreneurs specifically 
is that a lot of times they don't really um, they don't really know how to get to where they're going or you know what you were saying earlier in the show about you know they they're, they're doing something that they're not really passionate about or they've started a business that they they wanted to do because it was a money maker but not necessarily because it was a passion and they become sad and depressed and discouraged and and you know they're 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 lost and stuck and so that's what I usually come across you know a lot of people become stuck and they're wondering why things aren't working and usually the things are not working for them because they're not doing again and I hate to go back to this well actually I love it but (laughs) they're not doing what they were created to do and so even as a as an employee you're not going to be satisfied in your job if you're not feeling fulfilled. You can have joy on a job working for someone else as long as it's something that you are uniquely skilled and gifted at. If it's, if it's everything that you're against, prime example, I'm really great at with numbers. I love numbers. I took a job at one time um, doing accounting work. Well, I was in a little bitty office with no windows, no doors, and all the people outside the door were playing ping pong and laughing and joking all the time and talking to people, and I was stuck behind the computer, and I hated it. I'm a communicator. I love being on stages, talking to people, you know, getting people all riled up and excited and ready to go pursue their day. I don't want to sit in a little corner, and I wondered why every day I felt like I was drowning. You know, I might have been good at, but it wasn't what I was created to do. And so a little part of me was dying every single day. And that's what happens is we get in these jobs that we're good at, but we're not necessarily created for. And so it's you have to be able to identify that as an individual. And then as a, a person that's in the leadership position, you should, you know, when we're placing people in different uh, things or positions within the company, we have to be able to see what are their what are, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And don't just yell at them about their weaknesses, but find their strengths and then place them in things that are going to utilize their strengths because they're going to be a better employee. And so, you know, I think we fail to look at those things. We just want to have a warm body and we don't realize there's a fullness to this because if you have a happy person working for you that's feeling fulfilled, that's feeling appreciated, that's feeling like they're utilizing their gifts and their talents, then they're going to perform for you better. And, and not only that, but... But then they will take their weaknesses and they will become some of their greatest strengths. Right. And that's what we also tend to forget. We all have weaknesses and flaws, except my husband, and he thinks he's perfect. Ha, ha. (laughs) (laughs) And I remind him constantly, no, honey, you're not perfect, but your flaws are okay. (laughs) We love you anyway. (laughs) I think every husband thinks that. That's okay. (laughs) That is true. But when when we take our weaknesses, and my prime example, when I get tired, I stutter. And I've I've done this on the show many times. Years ago, it, I would have been mortified, but I have learned it's okay because that's who I am. And and even though it it can be a weakness, it doesn't overshadow my strengths. Mhm. And, and and I think there's like a difference between a weakness and a uniqueness. You know, so there are some things that you may not be great at, but they are unique to who you are. They just, they kind of make that little quirk about you. I remember when I was in high school and I was um, getting into modeling. And at the time, they would tell, you know, we were trying to find flaws. We wanted the gap in our teeth and the mole on our cheek and all of, you know, the, the eye that was a little offset because that's what the, the people were looking for when they were looking for models. They wanted someone that had something that wasn't perfect. Uh-huh. And so, you know, because it made them unique, it made them distinct, and it made them stand out. And so, you know, I think about that with that. So even though it might be a flaw to one, it becomes a strength, you know, for you because it's part of who you are. And makes one unique. This is what I tell my autism parents that come on the show and talk about their children. To me, they're not disabled. They're unique because they're brilliant. Mm -hmm. But they have that quirk about them and that they, they don't live in the same world that, and I'm using the term very loosely, KM, because, you know, what is normal to the spider is chaos to the fly. What normal people are like they are so busy in their mind with their brilliance 
that they don't communicate with the rest of us like we think they should, but they do communicate. We just have to learn how to listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. You know what? That's so funny that you mentioned that because I, <laughs> I was watching something today on TV, and it was well on Netflix, <laughs> and it was um, and and there was a particular part where the guy had um, he had a little bit of brain damage, and so he was trying to re- be re- rehabilitated, and so he was having a really hard time expressing himself, and when he was trying to tell his coworker that he had not you know that he had not solved something he said the way that he responded was i did not figure this out today and everyone kept saying well we know you didn't figure it out today it's okay but he kept saying to them no i did not figure this out today and finally someone listened and said oh you didn't figure it out today but you figured it out before today see and it made me think, you know, sometimes we need to stop and listen because the person could be saying something to you and you're just not hearing what they're saying. <laughs> or you're putting your own interpretation on what they are trying to tell you because exactly. you want to hear it a different way. Right. And the way he said it wasn't wrong. You know, the way he said it was not wrong, actually. It's just that we prefer to hear, we would have preferred for him to say, I didn't do it. To, you know, I, I discovered this before today, right. but because I, he didn't I, say that. I figured it out yesterday. I didn't figure it out today. But he right. left off, the, and we assumed he didn't figure it out at all until somebody went, wait, <laughs> hello, stupid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, I've got to play one more short ad, and then I want to talk about knowing when the struggle is over because that plays right into the conversation you and I just finished up. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Andy ladies. So hold on, and and you'll want to listen to this too, KM, because these girls, you need to hook up with these girls. Hold on. And Winona, the lovable narcissist from the Women's Cave Cave Podcast, inviting you to join us in person or streaming at the Inspirational Women in Literature Conference on March 17th. Get tickets to the conference, buy our books, or watch the TV show Just Right in Life at andwethought.com or thewomenscave.com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade. That is the Andy Thought Ladies and talking about empowered women. You, if y'all live in that area, you will want to get tickets to to that empowerment. Look them up on Facebook. It's the Andy Thought Ladies. They are in California and they are marvelous. So back to what you and I were talking about, ladies and gentlemen. My guest tonight is K.M. Johnson, author, entrepreneur, empowered woman, veteran. You name it. This woman has done it and i love her so much (laughs) so so back to what we were discussing when you when you were on your way home from iraq and you had written knowing the struggle is over tell the folks about that because you came out last year with another book called it starts with you but people really need to read Knowing the Struggle is Over first. I'm thinking I could be wrong, been wrong once before in my life. <laughs> before they read It Starts With You. Tell the folks a little bit about that because it goes back to what we were talking about in that sometimes we only hear what we think we hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it was funny because when I published that book and I said Knowing the Struggle is Over, one of the things that I got from a lot of people when I would tell them about the book is that um, I, I'm not struggling with anything, and I'm and I'm looking at them like, are you sure? You know, because it's not just about drugs, it's not just about alcohol, it's not about um, food or money. I mean, we struggle with different things on a day to day basis. It doesn't have to be something severe either. Knowing the struggle is over is a book about anyone that's transitioning or going through a moment of temporary uncomfortableness. You know. Whenever you're going through something and you just don't know how to get it, it could be depression. It could be just, you know, um, an insecurity that you're having for a moment. You know, this, this struggle could last for a day. Who knows? But my point is that, you know, we all find those times where we are stuck 
and we don't know how to get out of that. And that's what knowing the struggle is about. I give you three steps, you know, and, and, and I work you through it. This is what you need to do from start to finish. And, and I'm going to tell you, Yvonne, when I wrote that book, for, at the very beginning, I was in a struggle. But by the time I finished that book, as you know, by the time I published it, I was leaving Iraq. I started that book before I even deployed to Iraq. I, I, I started the book before I even knew I was going to Iraq. Like things began to change rapidly you know, as I was writing that book. I think by the time I finished uh, most, maybe uh, all of the chapters except for the last two, that's when I got my deployment papers. And the last two chapters were completed while, you know, and the editing and proofreading while I was deployed. And so, you know, you never know. And and then that's the other thing, and I'm sorry I'm going off a little bit, but if you have a book in you, write it. Just write the book. Hey, this is off the chain, honey. You know our conversations can take a detour on a dime. But but you're right, because for some people, the struggle is, well, should I write? Am I good enough to write? Will anybody read it? What am I going to – I know what I want to write about, but that is – that is the struggle is is doing this this second guessing of yourself and again we go way back to the middle of the conversation where we talk about do things that you're destined to do mhm and you know and, and and you know how i told you earlier um you know i just kind of marched to the beat of my own drum well i'll be honest with you when i was in high school or even junior high maybe I sat down and said, I want to write one book, be on the cover of one magazine, record one CD, and if I do all those three, those three things, I will be happy. If I do more with those three projects, I will be happier, but I will be happy if I can just do those three things. And so I set off to do those. And it wasn't because I wanted, you know, to make millions or have a thousand, you know, hundreds of thousands of people read it. Of course we want that, but that wasn't my that wasn't my initial reason. I wanted to do it because I wanted to know that I did it. It was initially just for me to be able to, to set out to do something that I, you know, to accomplish a goal that I set for myself. And that's what I did. And, and that comes back to knowing that the struggle is over because you did it for yourself. And we forget to do that many times. We forget that it's okay to do things simply because we can. We don't need anybody's permission. We don't need anybody standing over our shoulder. We don't have to sell millions of dollars worth of CDs, books, and speaking engagements. We do it because we can. And if you think about it, most of the people who become millionaires do it because they can. <laughs> exactly. Because they, yeah, they're either too stubborn to quit or mm-hmm. they cannot not do it. Exactly. You think and about so, it. Go ahead, because I know you're going to say the same thing I am, so go go with it. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say, so whatever is in you, I mean, whatever it is that 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 that, that you have, on the inside of you that you're wanting to do, you just need to do it because no one else can do it but you. They can do something similar to it, but it will never be what you can do because everything that you would put into it is unique to you. Your thoughts, your, the way you write, the way you speak, the way you construct a sentence. I mean, everything about you is unique. And so that's why you have to do what it is that's instilled and put in you. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we, and and I think a lot of it is, is the way that society tries to brainwash us, starting in the school systems. Everybody's a cookie cutter, whether you're going to a doctor, whether you're in school, whether you're in a department store trying on clothes. Everybody is a cookie cutter, and we're all supposed to think the same, look the same, act the same, be the same, and that's not the real world because if uh-huh. we're all the same, what's the point of having a world? What are we contributing? Right. And, and right. I, I, you're, you're absolutely I, right. I preach that over and over. We we are all unique human beings. I may react to a drug different than you do. Mm-hmm. We may put on the exact same outfit, but it will look different on both of us simply because we're built differently. We we. 
carry ourselves differently. Our attitude about it may be different. You know, you you might feel like you feel like a million dollars, and I may feel old and frumpy. <laughs> it's but, it's reality. But yeah, and then there, so there's that re, there's that uniqueness that is in each of us. But you know, I mean, as far as like knowing the struggle is over, I think like like you said earlier, a lot of people have that struggle just knowing that they're good enough to do whatever it is that is inside of them and they're afraid to do it for whatever reason because people may have told them that they couldn't, you know, or because they look at other people who have and don't feel like they compare to them and you know, so they're stuck in that vicious cycle. But at the end of the day, I'll be honest with you, I stopped looking at, I know they tell us in business that you need to understand what your competitors are doing. And there's, a, to a certain extent, you can watch what the other person is doing. But there there comes a time where you have to cut it off. And I yep. have some people that are doing the same thing or some things that are similar to what I do, but I don't really look at what they're doing because I want to remain unique. I want to make sure that all of my thoughts, all of my ideas are unique to me and that it can never be said that I was copying or, you know, the same as, but it, but it is all KM. And yes, I'm aware of what they're doing, but I, but at the same time, I'm not watching what they're doing. If that makes and it does, sense. and it doesn't affect your attitude and your way of reaching your goals. Right. Because you don't have to compare yourself to them. And this also goes back to us as children. We're taught, well, you know, little Susie Q over there, she is just so cute. She's got those little blonde curls and those blue eyes. And her mama just dresses her in all that frills and lace. And look at you. You're in blue jeans and boots. <laughs> okay. But that's me. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, 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 and I think we're all guilty of that on both sides, though, because think about how many times you as an individual have said, look at Susie Q over there. She's wearing her dresses, and I'm always wearing jeans and boots. Maybe I should wear my dresses. You know, and, and so we do that with ourselves. You know, we do. It, it might be the adult doing it to the child, but it's also the adult doing it to themselves sometimes. Because it becomes and, a conditioned reflex. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But but we but you can't. I mean, you can obviously because we do it very well. But you should not do that, and you should just stop. <laughs> so that all brings it does us is keep you from doing for Sorry. Now it it brings us. See how well we do this. It brings us to your book, your newest book. It starts with you. Yes. So it starts with you. Is is just that. So you've gone through you know, your struggle and you, you, you've gotten through the biggest situation in your life and now you're trying to figure out how to achieve and accomplish all this other, these other things that you want to do. Well, guess what? It starts with you. I mean, everything that you need to do starts with self-work. It starts with taking care of the things on the inside of you, reflecting within and seeing what are those areas that you can work on within yourself so that you can accomplish those goals, what mindset work you might need to do, what roadblocks you're putting, you know, in front of yourself, how are you hindering yourself from accomplishing, you know, those big goals that you have. It all starts with you. And I know that we are in a very selfish uh, time, you know, day Mm -hmm. and time, because with the stealthy age, and it's, you know, everyone's about self, self, self. But when I talk about it starts with you, I'm not saying that, you know, that this is not a selfish movement. This is more of a inner self work, you know, that, that I'm calling the per- the reader to do. You know, look on the inside of who you are and stop thinking that the reason you haven't accomplished your goal is because that person didn't open the door for you. Or stop thinking that the reason why you can't do this is because that person did that to you in the past. We have to realize where our part is in everything so that we can remove those barriers and move forward. And that comes back to faith leader leadership because we are we should be our own leader. 
success, vision, and purpose. Mm-hmm. I would call it my five-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> because if all right, let's let's say that we're we're reaching out to folks. We're we're telling folks, you know, it's got to start with you. So I'm down here in the bottom of this pit, and I said, okay, I am going to, I I am not. I am going to raise myself up. But instead of saying, I am going to, we simply change the wording to, I am raising myself up. Right there is our faith. Right, right. Because we just actually, changed one word. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the word a little bit further because your words become actions, right? And so yeah. it's not even just that I am raising, but doing that as you're saying it is what puts it into motion. And I think that we, we've, we've gone through the affirmation phase of life, too, where we sit here and we say, what we, I am this and I am that, but then we don't put action behind it. And it's the execution and the action that's going to make everything happen. And then we add leadership to that because if, if we're, we're making that affirmation and then we do the action, other people see us in our circle in our sphere even strangers and they go wow i want to be like her when i grow up how do i do that so they watch us that makes mm-hmm. us a leader mm-hmm. it does With, and success comes behind that and it ladies and gentlemen that doesn't mean that we are all the time on top of the mountain because we're going to fall down it's just the nature of the beast. But would it be fair, KM, if we say it doesn't matter how many times we fall down, it matters how many times we get up? Yes, of course. I mean, every hill has a valley. So you're going to be going from hilltop to hilltop. You can't just jump from hilltop to hilltop. You're going to go through the valley. But as long as you keep going up, that's all that matters. And that brings me to the vision. You keep your eye on your vision, whatever that vision is. Would that be fair? Yes, it is. And you know what, Yvonne, the, the biggest thing, you know, that I think I've been trying to portray all night is that as long as you have this big picture of the thing that you're trying to accomplish and achieve, that vision, you know, then and you're working towards that and you keep your eye on that, as long as you know what that is, and you stay focused on that, then it's going to come into fruition. It will happen. But it's when you take your eye off of that, when you lose focus, that's when things begin to change. And would it also be fair to say that with that vision, let's let's say the goal is I want to make $1,000 in two weeks, a small goal. So I start with small increments of steps to get there. I don't let that $1,000 goal overwhelm me to the point that I stay down in that valley. Everything that I do takes me to that goal. No matter how small those steps are, it takes me towards that goal. Yes. Would that be fair? Yes. And, do you, you know, one of the things with, um, what I always tell people when if you set a goal like that, you want to you want to make something happen in in two weeks. You have you want to make a thousand dollars in two weeks. What is, what are you capable of doing to make that happen? What are what are the things that you can do that will guarantee that thousand dollars? Write it out. Okay, so what do you have to do to make those things happen? Those things that you've said. Okay, you know, if I sell ten books, if I uh, sell some clothes if I, you know, I don't know, if I work for 40 hours at my job, work 10 hours overtime, whatever the case may be, whatever you've come up with, now go out there and make it happen. And guess what? You'll accomplish that goal. I think it's bringing that thing into, bringing it into perspective and saying, wait a minute, this is achievable because we set these goals and then we don't figure out how we're going to make it happen or we don't even see that there is a way to make it happen, so we just sit here wishing and hoping and dreaming, and then when it doesn't happen, we just say, oh, well, it didn't happen. But so then I failed actually, again. Exactly. But when we actually find, figure out a way that within our 
that's, you know, that, that, oh, wait a minute, I actually can affect this happening. Wait a minute, what can I do to make that happen? It, it is really attainable. Then it starts to come into, you know, then we start to see, wait a minute, I can, I can win at this. And even if in that two weeks you only make $500, guess what? You made 500 more than you would have had you not have done anything. And you did not fail. Exactly. This is what people don't understand, that the big goal was $1,000. You made 500 You succeeded because you, A, kept your eye on the goal, you worked toward that end, and you made $500. That was, like you said, more than you had to begin with. So, ergo, it, you did not fail. It always reminds me of that, that saying that, you know, shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you'll be amongst the stars. Exactly. So, you know, it's the same concept. You know, you're shooting for a 1,000, but if you don't hit the 1,000, you'll still make something because you started working towards that. So success it, is in the fact that you took action. Now, the last one is purpose. And the purpose is to, and and this is my interpretation. I I could be wrong in, in my interpretation. The purpose is, A, one has succeeded. B, one has been an example to others, which is very important. And C, one can go on to attain higher goals. I agree. I, I would want to add to it that um, purpose is also, you know, kind of what I've been saying earlier, it's, kind, it's also unique to each individual because we all have a specific plan and purpose for our lives. And so when you figure out what your purpose is, then you can see how that fits into the vision that you have. And people are afraid to sit down and figure out what their purpose is. I have noticed this in in many people that I have dealt with. Well, what is your goal? What is your purpose? Well, I think it's this but I'm afraid because it is the fear of the unknown. It is the fear of failure. It is the fear of not being accepted as the norm. It is the fear Mm -hmm. of what if I'm not liked. You have to get rid of all of the garbage. Would that be fair? Definitely. And you know what? If if people like that, we sit here and we say all these things so that we don't have to answer to it so that we don't have to stand up and actually perform or actually do or be who we've been created to be. If you think about it, purpose, the word purpose means um, a reason why something was created, okay, Uh by definition. So in order to understand what your purpose is or to, to explore your purpose means you have to understand who you are. You have to know yourself, and you have to be honest with yourself, and you have to, you know, dig deep and say, this is who I am, this is who I was created to be. And no one wants to really be honest with themselves. You know, they're barely honest with other people, so why would they be honest with themselves, right? And and, and that is, (laughs) let me tell you, I had to do that to myself because I was losing my mind, and I thought, wait, wait, stupid, you're in this for you, not anybody else. So take a look at yourself. Good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter. It's okay because you have a purpose. <laughs> Tell me you know, 30, you, it took you know, me 30 I, years I, to figure it out. I had to tell, I, I always tell people, you know, the story about my husband, but, you know, it, it wasn't until my husband and I sat down one day and I finally said, look, you know, um, I hate washing dishes, and I'm tired of pretending like I like it. <laughs> so can we just get past this? Because I don't want to spend the rest of my marriage pretending like I'm, you know, Susie Homemaker, and I'm going to go in there and watch, you know, this is like that. It's just not me. And so he, so we actually had a long conversation, and he told me all the things he didn't like doing. I told him all the things I didn't like doing. And it felt so great afterwards because guess what? I was no longer pretending to be who I wasn't, and I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was telling the truth and being honest about who I was. 
And that, when you are honest with yourself about who you are, it changes things in your life. <laughs> it does. It, it's like shedding a second skin. It's freeing. And, it's empowering, yes. actually. <laughs> yes. Because that, that's what that does. What does that do? When you are honest with, wait a minute, this is who I am. Like you said earlier, I stutter sometimes. Oh, well, that's who I am. When you can embrace that and you can accept that and you see it as, you know, you don't see it as a flaw. You just see it as a uniqueness. Then it helps you to begin to embrace everything else about you, good and bad. Because this is not all focused on the bad stuff. Because when you can embrace the negative stuff about you, you can begin to embrace the good stuff. I think we have a harder time embracing good stuff. And you and know who taught stuff. me that? My brother, who was mentally challenged, taught me that. I know. It's a quiet moment there. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, who has brain damage, who is mentally and physically challenged, as we were, it was after I was grown and started doing his book, he taught me it's okay to be who I am, mm-hmm. simply because he's okay with who he is. Exactly. And I think you're not, that... You're not going to believe this. We're not finished talking, but we're running out of time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're going to come back and we're going to continue this. But folks need to know where to find you. Oh, well, definitely on my website, uh, www.kmjohnsondavis.com. And also, I'm all across the Internet. You can just Google my name, K-M, that's the letter K and M as in Michelle, Johnson Davis. And you'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I'm all over. (laughs) Are you? Are you going to be in the States in September? In September, I sh- depends on what part. I might be out of the country in the end of September, but at the beginning I should be. Okay, because I want to get you back on the show in September. I'll send you some dates. Okay, and um, And we'll set it up because we got to finish. This conversation is not finished. But, but ladies and gentlemen, you know, at the end of every show, there's some things that I say. And and these go along with what KM and I have been talking about all night, and that don't just feel special, be special, because feeling special is just an emotion, and emotions come and go. You have to be special. And if you want to change who you are today, if you want to be somebody different tomorrow, then you got to change what you do today. So if you want to be somebody different, then you gotta you got to change the way you act, think, feel, and and all that other good stuff. And if you want to achieve greatness, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. They don't want you to be great because they don't have the wherewithal to be great. They want to keep you down with them. So if you want to achieve greatness, just like KM and I have been talking about, find your purpose and go do it. Your smile is your logo. Your personality is indeed your business card. And how you leave others feeling after having had an experience with you, ladies and gentlemen, that is your trademark. KM will attest to that. That is your trademark. People will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They will forget what you're wearing. But they will never, ever, ever, ever forget how you made them feel. We are all here. We all have a purpose. Find yours. Tomorrow night... At 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, author Jane Jordan will be with us. Friday night, we have a new guest, Arthur Marty uh, Rapellet. And then Saturday night, country and western music artist Garrett Walker will be with us. So join us then. KM, thank you, my darling, for joining me tonight and inspiring me to even be better than I am. Your your inspirations are always wonderful. I can't wait well, to get you, you back. thank you for having me again. <laughs> You're welcome. Be safe going to Dubai. Yes, she's going to Dubai to see her husband, ladies and gentlemen, so say prayers for her. 
So until tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I am your host, Yvonne Mason, on Off the Chain with my guest, K.M. Johnson, and we say a good evening. Good evening. K.M., the show's going up in archives as soon as we get off, and when it does, I am going to tag you in it when I put the link up so that you can spread it around. And then tomorrow I will... um, Put it on all the podcasts I talked about and send you the link for that as well so that you can spread it around and enjoy it and get some more inspiration going for folks because you're wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Go big or go home, right? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me on. All right, and I will send you some dates for September. If you're going to be gone the end of September, I need to get you in around the first or the middle of September. Okay. And um, you just tell me if the dates are good, and then we will go from there. And once again, my darling, thank you so, so much. I am so humbled and so proud of you, and I just watch you fly. Well, thank you so much for your support and all of your help. (laughs) Well, you are welcome, and I can't wait for us to start again. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So go get ready to go join your husband, and I'll get those dates to you. All right. Sounds good. You have a good evening. You too, darling. Good night.